0: Welcome back to the Pet Cash Pod presented by ProFluence Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. As always, we're holding amazing conversations with the founders, athletes, investors, executives, and smartest people in sports. What's great about sports is we've had a lot of great tech, media, and uh, just people from other industries that have done great things coming into the industry to build things. And today's guest is the perfect example of that of Sandeep Rajan. He is the founder and CEO of Grandstand. They're building what they call the future of fan athlete engagement. They just raised $2.75 million, uh, led by Will Ventures. Sandeep, he goes into a story, super cool, coming, moving over from India to the States, playing golf, and I've been doing a bunch of cool stuff at Dropbox and Patreon and all around the creator economy. I let him go deep what they're building, his background, tons of great insights in this one. And I've, I've just, I I just I truly feel that it's up a lot of your alleys, just uh, in terms of this sports tech world and the merging of athletes and fan engagement and all that. But anyway, I could uh, keep talking all day. Let's dive right into this amazing conversation. Mm-hmm. Sandeep, appreciate you hopping on. We uh, had a, a good mutual connection. Kirby Porto, shout her out. She's coming on. We're going to recap the 2023 in a few weeks. But anyway... First off, congrats again uh, on the the fundraising round from Will Ventures. I'm sure you're uh, excited to get building. I know that's what you've done most of your career. So uh, with that, Grandstand Sandeep, appreciate you coming on.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure's mine. Excited to be here. Kirby's fantastic. It's helped us out a bunch, and yeah, very much. has uh, been a fun few months of building. Really awesome to have the Will Ventures crew behind us. They've been a pleasure to work with, but. Uh, yeah, excited to be, uh, you know, underway building things. We've had a product w- with our early alpha athlete and a few of his fans in market for a few months now and learned a bunch of stuff and getting ready to, to roll it out from here.
0: Yeah, so give us the uh, the inspiration behind Grandstand, where this idea came from, and, yeah. and you can kind of, you know, tie your background into that sure. because obviously that plays a, a crucial part yeah. in, the, in the evolution.
1: Yeah, especially in this case. I mean, so I, for me, this is kind of connects back to a childhood dream, I think, as, as sports do for many of us. I grew up uh, Grew up in India. I was uh, born in Hyderabad, lived there until I was 10, grew up cricket nut as as most indian kids uh do yeah and how did
0: um, i'm just curious how you you don't really have much of an accent uh one of my best yeah. friends from college it was actually a similar scenario as you but he still yeah. has the accent how did you did you just watch a lot of movies or something like what <laughs> how did, it's, no it's, you know i don't know I I,
1: I I we moved to we moved to omaha nebraska when i was 10 and you know i've always kind of just like had this like flat midwestern no accent <laughs> type of vibes it must just be then,
0: omaha so. you just yeah you, exactly middle uh, of nowhere that's
1: right no but you know moved over um dove, dove right in especially from a sports standpoint started playing a little bit of everything growing up picked up a golf club just sort of randomly i was very much part of that tiger woods generation coming of age you know i was you know, I was ten in in like '95 when we came over. It was right around when Tiger won the Masters, and that became kind of a major influence for me. Um, got got pretty good golf. Um, was was shooting under par, kind of junior year or so of high school. Had you know had dreams of um, having a having a career there, but tried to rebuild my swing my senior year of high school, and that did not go very well. Mm-hmm. And so for went what from power. to to hit it yeah it was just like consistency I had kind of this big cut uh, this big slice going on and so I wanted to kind of work that out and get a little bit more Mm -hmm. especially consistent under pressure and exactly the opposite happened Uh, kind of had like a couple of my worst rounds of the year at the biggest moments which often happens after a swing change and then there basically went the dream and so um college actually I went to Yale I started the club the club program there had a ton of fun kind of transitioned from like wannabe athlete to just like super fan And kind of was that for most of the rest of my you know, professional career, stayed very engaged with what, what was going on across a bunch of sports as a fan. And especially in golf, I think the last few years, obviously, we saw, we've saw we seen a lot more conversations about the business of golf. And professionally, what I was doing in parallel, I, I ran the solopreneur freelancer business at Dropbox for a few years. Uh, I, was, I was there for a few years in, in, in a product role before that I was a founder for a few years. And then, especially right around COVID, I moved over to Patreon, saw the rise of the creator economy when I was doing the, the solopreneur freelancer work at Dropbox. And, you know, Patreon was incredibly well positioned, was taking a lot of the subscription model and Kind of this like membership approach to creator, uh, to kind of the creator universe and helping creators, you know, build livelihoods, build recurring income streams that really power creative expression. And so I came in to build a bunch of a bunch of new tools for them, ultimately help develop a membership value proposition from what was historically a payments platform at Patreon. And so as that was happening, this conversation started to happen in sports about especially individual athletes, you know, leveraging their brands um, beyond the field, basically. And so I started to see athletes, you know, actually have some success on Patreon, but the kind of kept coming back to this question of like, are they or are they not creators? And, and, you know, it became very clear. Athletes have a day job. They have a, a lot to do that doesn't involve, you know, video editing or podcasting or all the work that goes into being a successful creator. And so, but then there's also some really interesting things around sports that can unlock really interesting, you know, fan experiences, right? Um, data and content that's generated every time an athlete plays. There's this incredible in-person dimension to the fan experience that uh, you can kind of do amazing things with. And so it made me realize like, you know, sports has been kind of constrained by the creator platforms. It's not, doesn't allow for the depth of fan engagement. It certainly doesn't allow for athletes to monetize without having to do a ton of work. And so start to realize there's, there's an interesting opportunity to build something that's a little bit more unique to sports, but yet take advantage of a lot of what has worked in and around the creator economy. And Basically uh, kind of you know, studied it for a little bit, talked to a few athletes and agents, and got pretty clear conviction that there's something here. And so, uh, and, you know, we are hardly the first to try it. There's a handful of folks that have tried this, but I think learn- with a lot of the learnings that we have from what's worked in the creator economy, we kind of believe that uh, we, we're gonna, you know, try a couple of new ideas and see if it, see if it connects. And so left Patreon in April. We raised some funding from Will Ventures uh, in the spring, early summer, and uh, we've been at it now for a few months, and about, about ready to come out of the, you know, come out of the works with uh, with hopefully something pretty
0: compelling. Yeah, and give us the uh, the high level or the thirty thousand foot view yeah. of Grandstand, and, and you know how you're explaining it to the different entities yeah. between fans, mm-hmm. athletes, investors, and uh, really the I, I guess sort of the pitch behind it and, and what it's going to do.
1: Yeah, so. We, we for the athlete the pitch is really focused on look creators have done this incredible job of building out a funnel right they're not just focused on follower count they focus on how to turn your follower count into your business into this direct to consumer channel that in the, in the context of sports can supplement the two primary income streams in sports, which are basically like on-field income and brand sponsorship income. There's really kind of, we believe, this third funnel of direct-to-fan income that can be a really major part of your overall economic mix as an athlete. And so the challenge is direct-to-fan income takes a lot of work, you know, historically. At least, you know, on social media, that means you've got to go and do a lot there and ultimately, like, Basically, compete with the best creators in the world on Instagram, on YouTube, on these these platforms that exist for creator monetization. Or you, you know have to you know find find some sort of essentially do it on your own platform. You have to kind of build out your website. You have to kind of invest in a bunch of tools yourself uh, to be able to to ultimately do that at the same level. What we're saying is, we'll build a platform that's unique to sports. Makes it really easy for you as an athlete to connect with your fans, kind of take a lot of the lift off of your shoulders in content creation, in updating your fans on kind of how things are going, and, and then ultimately give you a bunch of tools around fan engagement that are really kind of double down on community, on, on access as the core value proposition that requires a lot less work from the creator themselves. And then, you know, kind of combines that with a suite of monetization tools that's uh, best in class there for across membership, across commerce, ultimately allow you to put those pieces together in a way that, you know, can be the best possible direct-to-fan monetization channel that uh, that exists for athletes. And so yeah. that's, uh, that's the pitch. We've, um, you know, we've got a bunch of, we've made a bunch of good progress on early version of that. And so... Going to start testing that in the field here in the next uh, next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and any learnings from Web three or that whole space over the last couple of years? Because I think it did shine some light yeah. on uh, this ownership type model that I'm sure you you're building in some features. Maybe sort of Web three ish, but it's like, yeah. you know, it's. I think it was just a little too too fast ahead of its time, but it, it showed, you know, shine light on probably some of the yeah. features that will now people will have an understanding of.
1: That's right. Yeah. I think, you know, Web3 helped pave a lot of ground here. I think it, it helped unlock notions of ownership, of, you know, direct to consumer sales. I think looking at a lot of what Autograph did to digitize, you know, brand personas, brand assets, ultimately create a marketplace for them and, sh- and validate that people were willing to pay, had interest in these things. I think. NFTs as a, as a specific asset, you know, had some issues around liquidity, around sort of actual value over time. We can kind of debate the, the pros and cons of creating entire new architectures and, you know, platforms to, to ultimately reach a large number of, of end users. We're kind of arguing that that's, that infrastructure potentially was, was pretty interesting, but uh, I don't know that that required new platforms to actually reach the mass markets there and so you know we're kind of tracking technology there i think ultimately they don't necessarily solve consumer problems for the vast majority of users but you know there's some really interesting technology concepts that are there that are they're influential and so we've decided not to ultimately like you know limit ourselves to to that market but very much applying a lot of the same concepts to a universe that um, isn't you know doesn't have to ultimately purchase an nft to unlock a lot of these capabilities we're just kind of building that
0: on our own and in terms of early beta tests uh, yeah. at least from you know what i've heard and uh, read and, and from you guys it's a lot around women's sports and what's Big the focus thought, yeah what's the thought he, process around that and what and how have those beta t- obviously it seems like they're going well but but what's sort of the feedback coming from that side and also why women's sports is the the test case
1: yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, the why is very simple. There's a, you know, kind of what works well, a core part of our thesis is this sort of 102 fans thesis, right? That's like, that was really the underpinning, especially membership in the creator economy. It's like figure out who your most passionate supporters are. And ultimately, create a disproportionate amount of value for them that allows them to stick around for a long time. And so sports is kind of the perfect place for that. There are, especially there's this incredible middle to long tail in sports, right? There's, um, if you get outside of the superstars There are so many interesting stories, and I think especially watching some of these Netflix documentaries or, you know, shows on in and around the sports ecosystem, you realize the depth of personality, accomplishment, struggle, so much of the journey of sports of making it is actually that much more compelling when you get outside of those superstars. And so, um, especially for those folks, there's this tremendous opportunity as a fan to participate in that story, to support these athletes, to be part of their journey, to be there when they break out and make it. And you know, and have access to that to that path along the way, and so so much of that is this like you know, your fan experience is is really about how well you know these athletes, and that's there can be really so much more so much more rich, so much more interesting the better you know these athletes, and so that for us is is all tied up in this like who are your hundred true fans, who are your thousand true fans, how can you develop unique access to them and experiences for them that allowed them to have the best fan experiences experiences in the world and allow you to monetize that in a way that in a way that's much deeper than advertising or brand sponsorship at the end of the day and so if that becomes the focus then you start to think about these areas where what we're looking for is kind of like a combination of financial need and fan and deep fan passion right so and you know i don't have to go deep into the the financial incentives and industry around women's sports to to for everybody to very clearly understand the financial need is, is significant there there's tremendous athletes fully committed deeply passionate about their sport that just aren't making a fraction of what their counterparts in in, in men's sports do and so and and yet these deeply engaged and passionate fan bases there that uh, that want to support the want to support those athletes want to participate as a fan more than just sitting in the stands or watching a TV. And that's exactly what, you know, what we're for. And so, you know, that isn't exclusively our focus, but very much just if you, you know, our focus is athletes that haven't, you know, haven't quite necessarily broken out yet, or made it yet, you know, to the point where they don't care about about the money, the monetization uh, opportunity, and fans that, you know, want more, want access, want engagement, are willing to pay for it. And um, the sweet spot there has led us to very much lean a little bit towards women's sports, towards kind of the mid to long tail right. of the sports universe overall. And then we were very lucky early on to connect with the folks at Parody.
0: Yeah, I was going to so, ask you what, is, what does that collaboration look like? It yeah. seems like a pretty important partnership for Huge. both you and them.
1: Hugely important partnership. A few of their athletes are among our, our first few launch athletes uh, here. And so we, yeah, we've, we've got to know them very early on. They're very much focused on increasing the range of monetization opportunities for their roster of 800 plus women athletes. And, and so, you know, we we were able to do some early research with them. We were able to get them to sort of almost like co-develop the product for us with some of our anchor athlete advisors and they're, you know, a few of their athletes are, we're, we're about to roll them out. We've done, we've gone deep building out the product for them, for their fans, and we'll be rolling them out here uh, right out of Thanksgiving. So it's been an awesome partnership so far with their first few kind of initial athletes that we've been working with. And, uh, bunch more that, uh, that have expressed interest that we're really excited to onboard after we get through this first batch.
0: What about name image and likeness college sports? Has yeah. that played an impact in any of your thinking as you're building out this model?
1: yeah hugely important ecosystem as well i mean very much i think a part of what's opened up the market for for sports for fan engagement over the last you know 5 years or so since the supreme court ruling and so yeah we i think four out of our first 10 um, our our first 10 launch athletes are college athletes so really excited to learn more through that through that initial set i think you know what's interesting here is in college in particular, we're starting to see NIL have almost like two, two directions of impact, right? There's this tremendous monetization going towards almost like this top tier of highly monetizable college sports. And then what we're actually seeing is there's this other angle where because a lot of this money is going in through these through through sponsorship deals, a lot of other sports that that those uh, that those income sources would have otherwise supported are actually looking for additional ways to monetize. And there's a, another opportunity there where we can be a channel for that second tier as well to improve to draw, ultimately drive more fan engagement through deeper monetization vehicles for for everybody else and so both in terms of driving deeper fan experiences for you know the, the the top tier college sports that have no trouble monetization that there's already a lot of revenue sources going through i think we can potentially help um improve the fan experiences there add add some interesting fan experiences there for you know college football for college basketball etc but then also um especially, you know, how we fund uh, college athletes that are competing in the Olympics that are, mm-hmm. that are really important parts of our overall sports ecosystems. NIL has actually made some of those answers, well so significantly more complex. And so getting to be part of that is,
0: uh, is an important piece for us, too. So you grow up, you know, sports, obviously, through yeah. golf and everything, and you're building more in the tech landscape and ecosystem. Coming back now to sports to combine, you know, yeah. both sports and tech, Any challenges that you've seen so far just in building more like technology around for just for sports that you've seen or or little just nuances that maybe you expected or didn't expect, but it's just different between say Patreon or Dropbox or anything and then building in sports.
1: Yeah, very much still learning there, but I think you know generally, yeah, my career kind of started from really kind of actually finance back in the day to just learning everything the hard way as a founder started a company in kind of a news aggregation business, you know, right out of um, right out of Wall Street days, and then kind of like learned all these lessons the hard way, and then went into consumer tech for the last you know, for five years or so between a few years of Dropbox as a, as a product manager there. And then a bunch of time at Patreon in in product uh, in product and product leadership. And so coming back here, I think I've, I just learned a lot about the playbook from consumer product and getting to apply that to sports, just like deep, deep user focus and thinking about business model, if not sort of as the primary driver, at least, you know, really thinking about user experience, user value as a primary driver and wrapping business model in a complementary and sustainable way. Alongside it. Um, What's been interesting is sports have sports have been this really interesting ecosystem that where monetization has really driven a lot of decisions in and around sports. And so you'll see a lot of these like walls or gatekeepers or layers to how if you just track a dollar across the system, how many hands end up having a piece in it. And so, I think a fascinating example has been the tennis ecosystem. You had a great conversation uh, just recently with JB. I think uh, in, in this world, and um, ultimately, the fraction of ticket sales or TV rights that end up in the hands of tennis athletes—you know, there's a there's a lot of pieces along the way that. Uh, that get distributed. And so that's been, I think, the, the most interesting thing to me is this. The, there's a, these, like, layers to unwrap to the sports industry that uh, many of which are still guided by how things have worked for decades and uh, mm-hmm. for generations in some cases. And so um, getting to unpack each of those and really think through it from a first principles lens as we're used to in consumer tech is, like, how should this work? is really a lot of what we're asking, right? Like why, if you were to kind of design this system from scratch with the user, the athlete at the center of it, uh, the athlete is really this like canonical piece, really everything revolves around in the system, how would you build this up from the ground up? Um, and, And so what we're really focused on is like narrowing this distance between athlete and fan and then building a system around that, right, of monetization. And so, you know, it's hard to do that in isolation, right? We want to be very attentive, respectful, learn a lot from the existing ecosystem that's there, help really partner with the ecosystem in a way that we're driving value to the right to the right pieces and ultimately improving Driving deeper fan engagement on site, you know, ultimately getting more people to watch the game, ultimately, that all those things are very beneficial to athlete and fan experience, but you are entirely focused on athlete and fan experience as at its core. And that I think is really, you know, that's what we saw at Dropbox, we were, you know, hellbent on making file sharing as simple as possible. Patreon is entirely focused on creators and making you know the life of a creator creator monetization as simple as possible. That's the inten- like kind of intensity of focus that we're bringing to athletes and fans. and then just wrapping systems around that that just makes sense that are not complex. People understand where the dollars go um, and ultimately those transfers end up being really, you know, simple, sustainable, build, you know, big, you know, thoughtful and sustainable businesses over time. That's, That's a lot of what we're focused on bringing over from consumer tech and trying to, you know, ultimately simplify in the sports ecosystem as a result.
0: Yeah. And I like that example of the focus that just Dropbox and Patreon and now what you guys are bringing. And then also... That's the beauty of sports now is there's a lot of people like yeah. yourself that are taking all these unique backgrounds and bringing it back to innovate because like we said, you look at tennis, you look at anything yeah. and you go, man, like I know they've done this for a long time, but right. they've done it long, like, wrong for a long time, especially now with just all the innovation. But anyway, on that, I mean, you still got to build a business around this, right? right. So what, what does your business model look like to also benefit grand, you know, grandstand in the long term scheme of things?
1: Yeah, very much just learning from a lot of what's worked there. So taking Patreon as an example, you know, pure marketplace uh, model, very familiar, Airbnb does, does it similarly pretty much any, any platform based business that uh, is ultimately creating value across two key stakeholders is usually taking a cut of the overall value that they create between the stakeholders. So we're very much positioned the same way Um, athletes on on grandstand athletes sell a membership to their fans. And so, you know, that membership we're going to standardize at five bucks a month initially and then have additional sort of higher tiers over time. But uh, we'll start at five bucks a month. Athlete will get ninety percent of that upfront. We're also giving every athlete stock in Grandstand itself, so very direct ownership in the success cool. of the platform.
0: And, what's the thought? Yeah. Sorry to stop you, but what's the thought process around that? Because that's you know you oh. know that's a unique model right there in itself. Yeah.
1: No critical piece. I think it's it's ownership, right? Web three is defined this a little bit differently. We think it's possible without having to do that in Web um, three. Right. Ultimately, you know the belief here is. The athlete, it's very much, you know, it's it's their space, right? It's it's physically and financially, in this case, their real estate to build an audience from. And I think this, you know, for me, this dates back to my Dropbox days, like solopreneurs and, and freelancers, they kind of view part of their business as like their brand, their office, their ecosystem in this way that like it feels tangible, right? It feels like it's theirs. And athletes have kind of, especially like, Individual athletes have understood this for some time. They're all, they've always been owners of their own monetization. They've been, you know, it's been their job to build out their brand, to think about their, like how they're going to pay the bills. But there isn't this sense of real estate. I think short of like building your own website, which, you know, who does these days? You've kind of lacked that in this world of social where like the closest you get is your like bio page on Instagram or something like that. And so we very much want to have, so part of, you know, Grandstand essentially starts with this, like, link-in-bio mobile website um, surface area and leads down into... A native app that is the member experience for their super fans. And so we are basically building this like full stack creator platform for the athlete where the surface area is theirs to own, to customize, to invest in. Ultimately, the experiences, the content, Um, a lot of that is for them to offer to their fans. But having that direct financial incentive allows them to be invested in the long term of this. Um, invested in this in the same way that they are in their careers and not feel the sense that like the platform is going to, you know, get in between them and their fans as it inevitably will across social media. And so very much, you know, want this to be a place where like athletes feel the stake the sense of ownership in, in their grandstand that this very, that's a lot of where the brand values come from. It's a very literally this place where your super fans sit and watch you and be part of your journey as you go through your, your athletic adventure. And so that's, yeah, I wanted to make sure that that becomes, you know, not just conceptual, but very directly financially uh, clear as well.
0: Yeah. Super, super cool. And, uh, well, first, I, I appreciate you coming on. And then second, I appreciate even more the fact that as as some other guests do as well, they've listened to other ones and, and continue to. So they know sort of the the final ending question of, you know, what trends do you see in sports? And I know you have some stuff up your sleeve. So uh, throwing it over to you here now to, to close us out on a good note. Um, I'm looking forward to these.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, it's been it's been a ton of fun. I think part of part of the fun for me is like getting into a new space and learning as much as I can about it. And, you know, very much mm-hmm. have done that th- through your conversation, through your newsletter. So I appreciate you doing what you do. You know, here, I think we've talked about this a little bit. I we talked about this a little bit in the context of women's sports too. But, um, you know, this weekend was the end of USL championship, right? Like we saw Gotham, our yep. local team out here in New York, kind of come back from middle from middle of the pack through the season and ultimately like put on a, a heck of a show, treating um, the game on Saturday night. And so we kind of talk internally about this Friday night lights thesis that like, you know, your proximity to the field as a fan, you're probably like sports has been about getting the best ticket you can get sitting as close to the field as you can. That's kind of, I, I view it as like sports 1.0. And, you know, we kind of think about sports 2.0 as being about these stories, right? Like a Friday night lights being kind of the OG here, but like all of these Netflix shows and documentaries as being like the newest version of that. But like understanding the people, understanding the personas, their journeys, their, actual sort of how they are making it i think that's what ties us all to our own original dream in sports I think every sports fan has dreamt at some point of being there on the field themselves and getting to connect and relate with that athlete in both you know the times that they're winning the trophy but especially in the times when they're not you know when uh, you know they go down with the with the with the sort of shocking injury six minutes into the into the game or you know they they ultimately like the dream is deferred for whatever reason it's so much a part of our own story and so much a part of this, the journey of the athlete and getting to understand that I think makes us all that much more invested in the outcome makes us that much more passionate and engaged as fans and I think that's sort of Uh, ultimately makes the fan experience about how close you are to the athlete and not just the field and that's what we're kind of focused on and that's what we're building a platform for and i think that's uh through a combination of storytelling media technology closing that gap between athlete and fan is i think so much of what sports 2.0 will be about and we're really excited to be a part of it
0: yeah maybe uh sports 3.0 is about a a kid that changed his swing senior year could have had the golf and then it goes through their journey off the field and then he comes back around to build a product for for sports that could be pretty cool too so we'll see uh what what sports 3.0 looks like Yeah fingers crossed
1: but um, no i mean i think that kid at least has a place in the journey right like fan you know fandom has been like kind of if you don't make it you're watching from the stands and uh, or you're watching on tv and now i think i've gotten to be a part of just like getting to know some of these athletes on the platform getting to kind of support them it's just been a ton of fun for me as a fan it's kind of opened up the second career that i've had as a fan getting to Getting to know those athletes, having them get to know you, I think is just like this tremendous layer of opportunity as a fan that uh, that uh, we just started to see the potential of getting to unlock. And we're really excited about, about kind of making, you know, drawing that uh, drawing that connection, having that relationship go a little bit deeper.
0: So Very cool. Opens. Very cool. Yeah. And where can we learn more? Uh, website, social, yep. where, where's Grandstand at?
1: Totally. We're at grandstand.io. Jump on the waiting list there. We're starting to, we're adding a few folks to it uh, as we go. We're starting to ramp up our, we'll launch our first few athletes coming out of Thanksgiving. So uh, just a couple weeks away, but uh, really excited about what's there now. Still very, very early. We're just a few months into it. So very much just learning as quickly as we can and a long way to go. But uh Really excited about what's there now, really excited about getting getting some of the athletes that we're working with. We're just like incredible athletes, incredible people out there and, and having their fans get to know them a little bit more deeply. So super excited for folks to find us. I am personally mostly active uh, or most active on LinkedIn. So uh, feel free to find me there. But uh, super excited for folks to come along and be part of the part of the journey with us
0: cool yeah we'll get we'll get all the links up on uh onto this and and thanks again for uh for coming on this is a fun one
1: thanks for having me on andrew all the best